the school is out. Which means it's time for High Kids. This is High Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Furia Cat and I'm 11 years old. Coming up on High Kids, I'm going to be speaking to Sylvia Ludwig. She's the, co- she's the founder of Geocaching. Caching. I will be speaking to her in a little while. Also, on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth. And you will be able to win a voucher for a family of five people to go to the Johannesburg Zoo. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 and please sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. Get ready for an exciting show on High Kids today. Stay tuned. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Bruria Katz and I'm 11 years old. I have Sylvia Ludwig with me, the founder of Geoco... Geocaches South Africa. So send your questions to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Sylvia. Hi, how are you? Good, and you? Thank you for this opportunity. I'm fine, thanks. Um, can you please tell us what geocaching is? So geocaching is modern day treasure hunting with your GPS. It gets you outdoors and it introduces you or makes you aware of your surroundings or interesting things around you. Okay, and how do you play? So basically you'll need to have access to a computer in order to register as a basic member and then you'll need a GPS unit or a GPS enabled smartphone in order to get coordinates in there and then you can follow them and hopefully find the geocache at the end. Okay, and are there any rules to the game? There are rules. They they are very long and detailed, so I won't even go into them. Uh, mostly, they are indicated as guidelines, but there are ba- there are basic rules. For example, if you want to hide a geocache, you're not allowed to damage anyone's property or damage a tree or any living thing. So there are certain rules. The, the, another major rule as well is that when you're hiding, you cannot hide less than 161 meters away from another geocache. So those are the main rules, and the rest are sort of more detailed on the website. Okay. And who developed geocaching and when? So it was established in America in the year 2000. So... In, on May the 2nd, um, a certain thing happened with the U.S. military where they allowed more satellites to be um, connected to handheld GPS units. And that wasn't done before. They didn't want people to get accurate uh, readings of, of, of GPS locations, but they relaxed that. And one of the guys, Dave Ulmer, he decided to test this on the 3rd of May. He took a can of baked beans and he went and hid it in the forest near his home. He noted down the coordinates and then he gave it to a friend and he said, okay, you go and see if you can find this can of beans. And his friend followed his coordinates and found the can of beans. And that's basically how it started. Okay, that's quite interesting, eh? 
Um, and do you use equipment for geocaching and what equipment? So the most basic equipment you need is a GPS or GPS-enabled smartphone. Um, if you've got friends with the, that kind of equipment, you can join them. Um, many geocaches require you to travel, so you have to have a means of transport, be it your legs or a bicycle or mom's car, whatever the case is, you've got to get out. And that's that's basic. Um, you must have a pen or a pencil on you. Many geocaches are very, very small, so they don't have writing implement inside. The bigger geocaches will have um, a pen or pencil. So, yeah, you basically need yourself, your GPS, and your pen. So why do you need a writer? Okay, so in each geocache, to qualify as a geocache, there are different types of geocaches, is a piece of paper or a book, which is called a log sheet or log book, and you have to record the date and your handle or your name for geocaching. So when you register on geocaching, you can register as your name or you can ha- you can put down any kind of name you want. You can be like um, Strawberry Milkshake, for example. Uh, it's ideal to have a short name because some log sheets are very tiny, but you can come up with whatever name, and, th- and that's what you sign in the log sheet or log book. And then um, there are some geocaches which don't have a container called ge- um, earth caches. And earth cache is a type of geocache which actually takes you to a geological um, point of, of, of interest. And you then have to observe the geological formation and answer questions on it. So it actually teaches you a lot about um, your area. For example, I've learned so much about Johannesburg. The, Johannesburg is rich, rich, rich in geological history. And there are so many different types of rocks and things just in our city alone. And I've learned so much basically doing playing the game. Okay. And sorry, you said something about geological. I yes. don't even know what that means. <laughs> so it's, it's the study of the earth. So anything geo, which is where the name comes from, means something of the earth. So we learn about our earth. So the name geocaching, geo meaning earth from the old, I think it's old Greek. And caching comes from um, French, which means to hide, caché. So together makes geocaching. So it, it's really about getting out and about, discovering your world, basically. Okay. And... Where is geocaching located? So it was established in America, so it started off in America, and the headquarters for geocaching.com is in Seattle, but it's now a worldwide game. So it started off in America, but it's kind of spread worldwide. So you can find geocachers and people that geocache, the cachers, um, all over the world. And it's a great, great game to play because you meet a lot of different people and you learn a lot about the, the place where you live. I mean, there are some people that started geocaching and the, the, the first thing you do when you start is look for the geocaches closest to home. And you start to realize, wow, you, you're right at home and you didn't know that you had, for example, a national monument or a, a certain tree of interest that's very old. There's so many different things that people notice. And by hiding a geocache there, they actually share that special place with you. So it's great fun. Oh, yeah, that's, that sounds very nice. Um, yeah, I also feel like there's lots of funny words in geocaching that I need to get used to. And how long have you been doing it? So myself, we registered as a family in April 2008. So it will soon be 10 years that I've been doing it. And um, my daughter Nadia was only 18 months old. My son wasn't even born yet. Um, but they now all have their own names, their own handles. They they also find geocaches, and I'm now trying to convince Nadia, my daughter, to hide her first geocache. 
Okay, and did you start hunting soon after you heard about a geocache, geocaching? Um, not quite. At the time when we first heard about it, we didn't have a GPS. And in those days, and back in 2008, there were no smartphones. Oh, my gosh. How did we survive? But, yeah, we didn't have any GPS um, devices, so we couldn't geocache immediately. Then that Christmas, we received a GPS unit, and we were able to start geocaching. Oh, okay. And... Can you please tell our listeners how they can start geocaching? So the simplest and easiest way is to log on to the website, the worldwide website, which is www.geocaching, spelled G-E-O-C-A-C-H-I-N-G dot com. So you can register as a basic member. There's no cost involved, but obviously the access you have from the website and from the app will be limited. The the easiest thing, okay, so so that's on the on the on the internet side, and and you can get the coordinates off the website, put it into a GPS unit, and go through. If you have a smartphone that's got GPS um, on it, that has a GPS on it, the the ideal thing would be to download the GPS the geocaching app. There's a basic one that geocaching.com will offer. There are others that are third party apps, and then they will help you. Um, get started okay and are there any other websites between besides geocaching.com so locally um a very useful website is the one that i'm sort of part of which is the geocaches of south africa and the web address there is www.geocachingsa.com so you just add the sa so that's a local a local website and it's and it's all geocaching related to south africa so it's it's very useful. It has a lot of information. It helps you get started. It also has events. So events are a type of geocache as well, but it's where you meet other people that also go geocaching. So it's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of them are at coffee shops or restaurants. Others are at parks, and everybody gets together and gets to know each other. And you can actually go geocaching together or organize geocaching trips ask questions, get answers. So it's really a great, great thing to do. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, we're now going to have a song and we are going to carry on with the questions afterwards. Great. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, for Kids, by Kids. My name is Broya Katz and I'm 11 years old. Today I have Sylvia Ludwig, the founder of Geocoaching South Africa, in studio with me. If you have any questions for her, you can send an SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019 or call 10 140 Let's carry on with the questions, Sylvia. Great, let's go for it. So what do you love most about your jobbish gamey thing <laughs> I would love it to be a job but it is just a game that I play or a hobby so what I love about it is the fact that I get outdoors and I discover places and things that I didn't know existed I also get to meet the most wonderful wonderful people through events that I mentioned earlier and I've met people from all over the world and I have discovered places all over the world because I do geocaching when I go on holiday or travel Oh, that's very nice. Okay. And 
What is the most difficult part of the game? Okay, so difficult um, is relative. For example, with me, I'm quite short. So if people hide things very high up, up signposts or lampposts or whatever, I have a bit of a problem. So often I will go geocaching with my children and my son loves to climb trees. So if a cache is hidden in a tree, I send him up the tree. Uh. And um, I have a little steppy stool in my car. So if I have that with me, I use that. But sometimes it's still too short. So that for me is difficult. But it could be difficult for someone, for example, who's in a wheelchair, who may not have access to all the geocaches. But luckily in geocaching, when you hide a cache, you can actually mark it wheelchair friendly. So it's great for people that need to know that and know they can access the geocache. Yeah, that's very nice. And, well, I think... You guys will know, need to know how to start climbing trees if you want to start geocaching and go for it because it's very good for you. Definitely. What is the funniest experience that you have had? So back to talking about tree climbing. So I had I was doing a, a challenge at the time called daily caching, which means I had to find at least one geocache a day. And it had to be on the day. You you can't pre-find it or pre-sign the log sheet. You had to go out every single day. That was the challenge. So I set off after work in my lovely skirt and my work shoes. And the geocache happened to be up a tree. So I very reluctantly, I was on my own at that time. I very reluctantly climbed up this tree. And it was a lot of hard work being in a skirt and slippery shoes. But I managed to do it and got it and I signed it. And as I got down the tree onto ground, I looked up and there was a muggle, which is a non-geocacher, watching my every move. And I thought, oh, my dear, oh, my goodness, if I move away, he's going to wonder what was I doing up this tree and it can compromise the hide and he can take it away. So I decided to start climbing all the trees in the area to make out that I'm a little bit mad in the head. And it worked. He actually thought I've lost it. And he turned away, and the cache was safe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is so funny. It is. <laughs> Talking about that, do you, if you see a muggle, as you called it, watching you get a geocache or they, you think that they might take the geocache away, do you have a responsibility to make them think that there's nothing there? Yeah, so so basically you need to be stealthy, which means you've got to watch your surroundings, make sure that nobody's watching you. But sometimes it does happen that a security guard might approach you or even the police. It has happened to me too. They will ask you, what are you doing? Why are you here? The best is just to be honest. Just tell them you're playing a game. It's called geocaching and explain the basics. And generally they will leave you alone. If it's a muggle, a non-geocacher, Chances are they might not leave the geocache, if, even if you explain to them. So the best thing would be to avoid being watched as you find or sign the geocache. So sometimes for that, it's best to take the container back to your car or to another area, sign what you need to sign, make sure that it's clear, and then hide it again. Okay. And what is the best item you found? So it wasn't me that found it. It was my son. But the best thing that we ever found together was a little tool with a compass and survival like knife and goodies on it. It was brand new. And we still have it today. It was great. Another item that I found that was really special for me, and it was a secondhand little toy 
of Sebastian the Lobster from My Little Mermaid, the Disney movie. But it was the best thing ever because it worked and my kids from Tiny loved this toy and we still have it. It still works and it's the cutest thing ever. And I, it reminds me of my starting out in geocaching. That sounds <laughs> uh, really, you're making me want to go geocaching more and more every time you answer a question. I'm and glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned earlier before that there are very lot of funny words. I have to actually know some of those funny words. Um, so what is a geoswag? So geoswag, or short swag for short, is stands for stuff we all get. And it's basically the contents that you put into geocache containers. So when a geocache container is large enough, you can put in little toys and little goodies that are available for trading with other people. All things like trackables, and I'll explain trackables just now, or geocoins, and then you exchange those things. So for children, it's really great. When you find a nice big cache, whatever you take out, you must put something back in of equal or better value. Um, you mustn't put any food or money into geocaches. Food in particular because animals do get attracted to, to food items and money just because it, it's bad. If, if a muggle finds out there's money in these containers, they will start raiding all the geocaches. So rather stay away from that and just put in little trinkets and things that can be exchanged for fun. Okay. And what is a travel bug? So a travel bug is an item with a tracking number. It's registered on geocaching.com and it moves from geocache to geocache. As a geocacher, as a person, you own that trackable. You can either let it go into geocaches around the world or you can keep it with you and take it to events and your geocaching friends can then discover it by, by recording that number and making a comment on it. So it's just another aspect to the game, but it's fun to see if you release something, it's fun to see where it's gone. Uh, we've had trackables go from Canada to Spain to Austria. Uh, back to Germany and then back to South Africa and they've traveled for miles and miles. So it's, it's just a fun aspect to the game. That's amazing. Um, I also saw something that it, it has like a goal on the bottom. Correct. So all the trackables will have a mission or a goal and will have a description. So once we sent out a trackable in honor of, um, well, we've got a trackable in honor of my husband's late mom. She loved butterflies. So we've got a geocoin with a tracking number on it, and it's in the shape of a butterfly. So wherever we go, we visit that trackable at the geocaches we go to, and it earns miles, but it's got a special meaning. And the goal is just to travel with us and be with us and remind us of her. Okay. And could you could you sort of put something in a geocache with the goal that you can't achieve? For example, if I wanted one of my toys that I got in a geocache to go to the Eiffel Tower, let's say a miniature model of the Eiffel Tower, could I put a goal like that? Uh, absolutely. So what you'd need to do, you'd need to get um, a tracker, a tracking, um, track, oh, I've just gone blank now, a dog tag, a tracking dog tag. Um, there are some local geocaching shops that you can buy from or you can buy directly from places overseas, generally in the Amer in America. Most of the tracking items come from America, but there are local shops. Then you attach that trackable um, code to your little item, and then you put there 
on the on the on the listing on the website what your goal is. You can also attach a laminated sheet to your little item which says I want to go to Paris to that to the real Eiffel Tower, for example. And then hopefully somebody who visits that cache and picks up that trackable will say, Oh, I'm going to France next week. Great, I'll take this with me and they take it um for you. I've actually got a trackable at the moment. It's a little rat and a toy, a toy rat, a toy rat. Let <laughs> me make that clear. <laughs> and its mission is to get to Egypt to go to where the Egyptians worshipped cats and the Sphinx and all that kind of stuff. So I'm waiting for one of our friends to go to work in Egypt and he'll take it for me there. Okay. And then once you take it to its goal, can you keep it? Generally, no. If the trackable does not belong to you, you can't keep it. So the idea is to help it in its with its goal to get it moving, but the idea is to make it move. So you can't keep something that doesn't belong to you. But if you own a trackable, you can keep it with you. That's fine. But if, if it doesn't belong to you, the idea is to get it moving and you move it by putting it into geocaches that can have that have space for it. Yes, but once you've, let's say, I take them. Uh, gave the example of a miniature model of the Eiffel Tower and somebody takes it to the Eiffel Tower then do they have to like send it back to you? Um, if you ask for it to be sent back they can try it doesn't always work because you have to rely on other geo- geocaches around travelling to where you need it to get to I have only heard of one case and I actually met the family it was a family from Sweden that picked up a geocoin of a friend of mine here and it just so happened that they made contact with each other through the geocoin and he brought it back to him but that's very rare because it's out of your hands and so many people geocache across the world so it's very difficult to get it back but if if that is your request um you and if patient then i'm sure you could get it back definitely okay and can children take part in geocaching Definitely. So obviously they would need help with their parents or friends because often geocaches are far away. So you need to travel and it can take a long time on foot. So best to travel by car. But I do know um, I met a geocacher once. He was at the time 15 and he used to get onto his bicycle and he would ride for, for 12 kilometers a day just finding caches and hiding caches. So I thought that was very impressive. But um, it's definitely great for kids. And what's nice as well, when you get to events, there are other children there. So you get to play with each other and it makes it more fun. Make new friends. Absolutely. <laughs> and how young can you well, – how like, how young would you say is the youngest you can really go geocache? So you can be any age to geocache. My son, he was two weeks old when he went to his first event. I think you get the idea I'm a bit mad, but I really love the game. You can be any age, as long as, obviously, if you're very young, like um, we've got a geocacher. His name's Alex, and I, I, I hope he's listening. But Alex um, is five. He's turning six soon, or I think he's six. And he's actually the main team member of, of a father and son team. So his dad does the driving. He does the finding, he does the hiding, and he's really, really good. I've been geocaching with him, and the one time there was a really difficult geocache, and I I went past it three or four times. I just couldn't see it, and then he spotted it. I was, wow, here I am, good old me, been geocaching for 10 years, and I didn't even see it. So it can be any age, and we have people that are retired that – Geocache for for the fun of it, so that's what they do. So it's it's open to any age. 
Okay. And you couldn't really pretend to be younger than him, hey? No. When, I, when he found out you No, no. I had to admit defeat. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell him. I was very impressed, very impressed. And, and he's a great kid and he's starting young and he's going to be a excellent geocacher as he grows older. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. And are there different types of geocaches? There are. There's a, there's a number of types. So the most common type is a traditional geocache. It's, um, denoted by a little green box, little Tupperware box. And the type of cache is, is that the coordinates that are listed take you to where the cache is hidden, more or less. We call the area that's closest to zero meters ground zero, which is also from 9-11 t- days, that ground zero is basically one meter or two meters close to, to the coordinates. And you generally should be able to find the cache there. There are other caches like multi-caches. A multi-cache will, the coordinates will take you to a spot. You then have to get information at that spot and then work out the final coordinates and then punch that into your GPS and then go and find them. The, there's puzzle or mystery caches. So with that one, you've got to work out a puzzle. And when you asked me earlier if, if, if it can get difficult, that's when it can get difficult because some of those puzzles are super, super hard to solve. And, um, you can only get the final coordinates once you've solved them, solved the puzzle correctly. There are also, um, earth caches, which I've mentioned, which isn't container related, but it'll take it to place of geological interest. There are event caches, which is the social aspect where you meet other geocache pe- people that geocache, and that also counts as, as, a, as a find. And there are different types of events. Another one is called a CITO. So CITO stands for cash in, trash out. So one of the aspects of geocaching when you get out and about is collecting litter or making your environment clean. And we, we organize special get-togethers called CITOs where we actually clean up an area. So we, we've done lots of cleanups and we also do alien vegetation control. So we actually help the community as well, which is great. Yeah, that's, that is very important, especially in South Africa, because fortunately there's a lot of litter everywhere. Absolutely. And you mentioned that they're puzzle geocaches. So what type of puzzles? Yes, so it can be anything. Um, some people put just a picture and they hide the coordinates in the picture's properties. Some people will put a crossword puzzle. Some will do a Sudoku puzzle. And there's all sorts of things that people will do. Um, some are easier than others, and others are very, very difficult. So I, I tend to team up with other geocachers, and we try and do some brainstorming together to solve a puzzle, because I'm not very good at that. <laughs> that sounds very fun, especially if you're quite adventurous. Exactly. And... An earth cache, do you, do you like hide things in the earth or? No, so the earth cache is, is not a container. It'll just take you to a place of interest. But the other geocache types that, that are container related, you do have to hide. You have to hide very well because you don't want just someone walking past to see the container. Only a geocacher. <laughs> okay, yeah. And who puts the geocachers in their places? So anybody can do it. Once you've registered as a geocacher, we suggest that people find at least, I don't know, 50 to 60 geocachers just to get an idea of how to play the game. But you yourself, if you find a place of interest or a place that you want to share, you can go and, and, and check it out, get the coordinates of where you want to hide and look and see what kind of 
container you can hide. So you can either hide a very tiny one or a very big one, depending where it is. So in, in Joburg, it's, it's a city, it's busy. You, you generally can't hide very big containers unless you go to the parks and you, you have a chance to hide a big container. Most of the caches will be nanos or micros. That's a geocache size type. And it's up to you. Once you've got all the information, you go online on geocaching.com. There is a facility that allows you to hide and put all the details in. That information gets sent to a reviewer. So a reviewer is a person, it's a voluntary person, that checks to see that the, the details you've supplied are correct and according to the guidelines and rules. So, for example, if you hide something and 100 meters away there's another geocache, it'll be denied because it needs to be a minimum of 161 meters away. But if you comply with all the rules and the guidelines, you, you get notified and your cache gets published and other geocaches can look for them. Okay. And that's a lot of fun. Yes, I'm sure. And can you go geocaching like once off if you want to see if you like it? Absolutely. So the geocaching game can be the way you want to do it. Some people are very competitive. They do daily caching. Um, at the moment, uh, we've got a daily cacher who's been doing it for over nearly four years. Um, every day. Every day he has to go and find a cache. So it's it, it's a huge challenge. There's a gentleman out here from Portugal. He's been doing it for eight years. So um, don't feel too bad about the one with four years. But if you just want to try it out, you can. You can register as a basic member and go and find a few caches close to home, get an idea of the game, and decide if it's something that you'd like to continue doing. I know some people who only go geocaching when they're on holiday, and that's a nice way to discover where you're going to. Um, when we were in Sweden, we used um, another geocache type, which is called a Where I Go. There aren't many of them, but it's kind of like a game, and it takes you from point to point. And we followed this Where I Go as, as far as we could, and it took us to the old part of Sweden. So we got to discover a part of Sweden that most people don't actually see. Wow. So you know uh, you know some parts of Sweden better than some Swedes. Yes, probably, <laughs> probably. Or should I say Stockholm, the, 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 the city. But um, yes, definitely. There are many people that will start your caching and they'll say, wow, I didn't know that this thing existed right by my house, you know, or there's so many historical artifacts in, in, in our, our suburbs that we just don't know. And people that do know get to share it and then you get to learn about it. And when you're hiding a geocache, can you dig a hole in the ground and put the geocache? No. So that's one of the things that you're not allowed to do. Um, there's, you're not allowed to bury any geocaches. It's got to be accessible above the ground. Um, in the, in the very beginning, when geocaching started, you were allowed to bury, but that's now changed. So if you come across a very old geocache, and my husband has done that in Holland, um, I think outside Amsterdam, there is the first geocache hidden in Holland or the Netherlands is buried under sand. But because it was done at the time when the rules allowed it, and it's still valid, it's there, but any new geocache is not allowed to be buried. Okay. And... Is SA geocaching different from around the world in any way? Not really. So in South Africa or geocaches of South Africa, we basically play the game the same way as um, overseas people do. The slight difference in South Africa is that we don't have as many people playing the game. So, for example, when we went geocaching in Germany, 
when we arrived at a geocache, there were geocaches already there. Then they went and then we logged. Uh, logged is when you sign the, the log sheet. As we hit the geocache, the next team were arriving. So generally in South Africa, you won't necessarily bump into other geocaches, but overseas you will. But the game is taking off in South Africa. There are more and more people signing on. So there are chances that you will find someone else. And sometimes you might go out geocaching. And then you see someone watching you and you think, oh, are they muggles? And they will come up to you and say, I know what you're doing. You're geocaching. Then you know, it's safe. Okay, they know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much, Sylvia Ludwig, for coming on Kids and teaching us about geocaching. It's I really a learned a lot and I really want to go geocaching very soon. It's a pleasure.